to World Changers. <laughs> I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And today we're going to be talking about Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. We're going to go over his uh, life story, his mm-hmm. greatest achievements. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to look at some fun quotes, uh, some cool, fun, weird stories. Yep. And then we'll talk about why he was different from the other people we've talked about and also why he was similar. Yep. Okay. So probably one of the greatest... Uh, War leaders of all time, generals, yeah. conquerors. Um, let's start with the summary of his life. Okay, the summary of his life. So, he was born in the capital city of Macedonia in 356 BC. Macedonia was a city state in Greece. So yes, Greece. he's in Greece. Just think, uh, picture it in your mind. He's in Greece 300 yeah. years before Christ was born. Born to um, King Philip II of Macedonia, and um, his mother was named Olympias, who was the daughter of the king of Epirus, which was another Greek state. So she was a princess. Okay. Already so, so many weird names. Already lost. Yep. <laughs> but his dad, Philip, was the king, and uh, he kind of took over everything, um, yep. everything uh, you know, remotely close. Uh, Alexander you know, was said to have complained as a child that there was nothing left for him to... Conquer. conquer. Yeah, because his dad had conquered so much. So that's kind of what he's born into. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was brought up and educated by several different tutors. He would have learned to read, to play on the lyre, ride horses, hunt. Philosophy. Yeah. yeah. He was obsessed with the Iliad. People say that he slept with it under his pillow. Like he took it everywhere he went with it. Yeah. So that's that, that was something that he... Uh, that, a theme that kind of went on throughout his life. He tried to be like Achilles. Yeah, loved and Achilles and Hercules. His best him. friend was uh, Hephaestion. And so it's like Alexander and Hephaestion, they were like, we're Achilles and Patroclus. Yeah. Oh, so, I love Patroclus. Yeah, so kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but he would have been introduced to um, the writings of Homer about Achilles and Patroclus by uh, his tutor, which was the Aristotle. Yeah, so pretty good tutor. So um, he started being tutored by Aristotle at the age of 13. Uh, he became friends with others who were being tutored with him as well, um, some of whom would become future companions and generals during his conquests. Um, and Aristotle, we mentioned this, but he, would have, he taught them about uh, medicine, philosophy, morals, religion, logic, art. Just so, pretty much everything. Yeah, so Alexander was pretty well educated. Yeah, he was a well-equipped young man. You know, he had all of the riches he needed, and he had the best <laughs> education that money could buy. Yeah. Um, the tutoring from Aristotle ended at age 16, so went on for three years. Yeah. And uh, and then, at that point, his father, Philip, went off to war and okay. left Alexander as basically like acting regent. Yeah, yeah. As for, like king. For a while, yeah. yeah. Um, so and Alexander did pretty well. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he ended up quelling a revolt while his father was gone, so he, he took control and, and, you know, did his job. Yeah. And uh, by the time he's 20, his dad gets assassinated. Yep. So the culture's pretty weird at this time. Just to understand, his dad has a bunch of wives, a bunch of kids, who's going to be the heir, everyone's betraying and killing each other, um, and Alexander <laughs> actually is, is in line to be the, the next king, but then his dad marries a Macedonian woman. Yep. And therefore their kid would be, uh, uh, what's it called? Not mud blood. Pure uh, blood. Pure blood. Yeah, pure blood. <laughs> pure Macedonian heir. Pure yeah. Macedonian heir. And, sh- and that child, that boy, would be the rightful heir. 
And right. So, so I, the, it was actually like at the wedding um, between uh, Philip and this new Macedonian wife where like one of Philip's advisors yeah, or something friend, was something like that. drunkenly saying, now we're going to have, like hopefully we'll have a, a pure Macedonian heir to take the throne. Yeah. And Alexander didn't really like that. He was mad. Yeah. He was a little bit emotional. Yeah, he, yeah, he could sure. he could have little tantrums, especially when he was drunk. Especially, he liked to get drunk. So he got mad at the wedding. His dad was like, "You can't get mad about this," and was about to kill him, but was so drunk that oh. he slipped and fell, and so like that kind of killed the the rage. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up that's not. He obviously didn't die. It's a weird time though. Everyone's very temperamental on a on edge, um, but then his dad gets assassinated. Yep, by one of his own bodyguards. And. Some people say it was Alexander. Yeah, like that Alexander and his mother would have orchestrated this. Yeah. I mean, because uh, they wanted to make sure that Alexander was going to become the king instead of having some new heir that would take the throne. I mean, whatever, we don't know exactly why or or what the plan was, but yeah, the dad gets assassinated and uh, Alexander gets, uh, he becomes king right away. Yep. Right on on, on the spot. They said, you're the king now. You're the king. And the first thing he does is he starts killing any competitors, anyone yep. who would have a threat to his throne. So that woman that his mom married, that his dad married, the pure Macedonian, any children they had, uh, he had a cousin, multiple generals, um, different princes. He just went on a rampage killing anyone because it would be a temptation if I realized if I kill Alexander, I could be king. Yeah. Then I would want to kill him. So he just wanted to get rid of anyone close. Right. So pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Normal everyday kind of stuff going on. Machiavellian ethics right there. <laughs> but uh, then <clears throat> what happens after he becomes king? So after he becomes king, he just starts slashing throats. Well, we just talked about that. But yeah. he, he ends up uh, uniting Greece. So he, there was some... Um, there, there had been war between the city-states of yeah. Greece for a while. You know, you got Athens and Sparta and those different states. Um, and he ends up taking his army through and basically uh, forcing them all to be yeah. under well, his Well, funny story. There was actually a city in the south that rebelled against him. So he becomes king, and everyone's <laughs> like, eh, this kid's pretty young. He's 20 years old. I don't know about this guy. Let's rebel. Yeah. And one of the first things he does, he goes down to the city, and he pummels it. Yeah. Destroys it. Yeah, make him rips him to the ground, kills all the men, every anyone who survived the women and children become slaves. And nobody messed around after that. Yeah. Which is an interesting way. You know, this kid, he was only twenty years old, but he it's a pretty good tactic. Mm-hmm. Made an example and everyone kind of behaved after that. Yeah, sort of the equivalent of dropping an atomic bomb. You know, you yeah. do one big thing to kind of end the war. We actually had to do two of those. Did you know that? What's that? We did two. Right. Japanese. So two things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the exact same thing. You do one thing and then it just kind of stops. Yeah. So he kind of, he he pacifies the um, revolutionaries, the, the, the people revolting, the yeah. city-states, kind of keeps everyone united. Um, and then he just leaves. And then he, he goes out. And uh, one of the major, like the bi- the biggest empire in the world at that time was the Persian Empire. And they were right on the doorstep of Greece. Yeah. So he heads east. And just starts to take fighting. over everything that he can. And for the next, like, what, 12 years or something, he's just... Yeah, so he becomes king at age 20. And 
Yeah, basically the rest of his life. When does he die? 32? Yeah, he was age 32 when he died. So 12 years. And he died out of battle. I mean, he died out on his voyage. Right, yeah. Out, out so in 12 years, Persia, he somewhere. is just traveling thousands and thousands of miles, taking over land. Yep. It's kind of sad that he, he never got a chance to really you know, go back, sit on his throne, and right. say everything that the light touches, you know, <laughs> yes, kind of thing. Kingdom, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes on. Yeah, I don't and, know if he really wanted to. And what was his record? What was his record out there? He was undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. Never I don't lost. Know how many battles exactly? But he never lost a battle. It's kind of hard to beat that, you know. <laughs> um, so he takes down the biggest dog. The big dog at the school takes him down, uh, and <laughs> takes over. He goes to Egypt, all of Persia. Yep. He he, he kind of builds a rival with uh, the new king. With the king of Persia, right, Darius? Darius. Yeah. They'd so, have battles. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He would go out and have a battle, like he battled with this huge Persian army. They were always outnumbered. Alexander's army was always outnumbered, Even but he impressive. had some bold tactics, where he would kind of he would take his army and attack the very center, and just go right after their strongest point. Interesting. Um, sounds actually kind of. Sounds kind of reckless. Well, it's risky, but yeah. if you can pull it off, it kind of works out. It worked out for him, but but yeah. So a few different times, he's fighting Darius's army. Is about to go one on one with Darius, and then Darius runs away. Runs away. Yeah, like a few times. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It happened multiple times. We kind of had a story going on together. <laughs> so kind of interesting, but yeah. So he, he headed east through Turkey or what's what's modern day Turkey down through like Syria and down to Egypt. Takes over Egypt, um, and then heads back out towards uh, what's modern day. Iran and Afghanistan, that was like kind of the, the center of the Persian Empire. And fun thing, the whole time as he's conquering, um, every land that he went from west to east, he celebrated his victories by naming a city after him himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually named more than <coughs> 70 cities Alexandria. <laughs> more than uh, 70? 70. More than 70 cities were named Alexandria after himself. However, there, are, there was only one city which Alexander named after his horse. Oh, Bukephalus. Yeah, Bukephalus. I think it's called Bukephala is the name of the city. Okay, yeah. And um, the city is in present-day Pakistan. Nice. Yeah, so Alexandria, which was in Egypt, which became... Yeah, that's the most famous one. Yeah, this beacon of, of knowledge where all the books, the library of Alexandria and stuff. Yeah, and that's where Alexander ended up being buried. Yeah. Too. Um, so he goes, yeah, he goes through the Persian Empire, conquering. He ends up going... Uh, so he defeats... Darius eventually. So Darius, what happened with Darius? So Darius, uh, I mean, at this point, like, Alexander's taken over. I mean, think about it like someone taking over the United States. They've taken over the whole East Coast. They have everything in the middle, uh, the Midwest, and now they have, like, California and Oregon. Right? Yeah. And Trump's running away, and he goes to California, and the governor is like, this is over. And so this guy who brings in Darius to, to his, you know, state kills Darius, and proclaims himself as the new king of Persia. Oh, yeah. And Alexander's like, what? That was pretty <laughs> anticlimactic. I was supposed to kill him. Yeah. He gets mad and ends up killing that guy. Right. So he takes over the Persian Empire, basically. So he, met before his 30th birthday, he's taken over the greatest yeah. empire in the world. And then by the time he's 32, his uh, his best friend, what was his best friend's name? Possible yeah. lover. Hephaestion. Hephaestion. Uh, yeah, yeah. As far as his sexuality, very good chance that he was bisexual. Yeah. And so your best friend also is kind of like... Can be, lover, maybe. Can be a physical uh, lover as well. 
we don't need to jump into that too much. But his, fr- his best friend dies. He's heartbroken, distraught. And a few weeks later, he ends up dying as well. Yeah. Uh, both deaths were a little bit mysterious. Strange illness, uh, possible poisoning. Possible poison, possibly some kind of fever from over-drinking. Yeah, he was big drunk. Yeah. And Or malaria. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, which would have come from a mosquito, most likely. So he died basically on his way back to Greece um, because they had gone all the way through Persia and into a part of India and conquered some territory there. But then his army just didn't want to keep going. Yeah, they so, were they were starting to revolt against him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he eventually had to um, give in to them and, and head back. Yeah. So, died on the way back. And, he was 32. Uh, and when he died, they, they put him in like a gold tomb and they uh, put his body in honey, like a whole bath of honey. Yeah. Um, to preserve it, I to guess. To preserve it, yeah. Pretty weird. And uh, they took him back and actually one of the generals intercepted the body and brought it over to himself. Huh. To kind of hold, to kind of wield power, <clears throat> and it's kind of sad. After this whole, uh, this dynasty, this great empire he built, it just fell apart. It was just yeah. broken up. There was no clear uh, successor. successor. He, didn't, he didn't really name a successor, yeah. so that was one problem that that led to the the whole kingdom falling apart. Yeah, so that was pretty sad. There's actually a funny story. Um, they said when he was on his deathbed, they asked him who his kingdom should go to, and he said, Toi Karatistoi, which means to the strongest, which yeah. is like a dope thing to say. Um, but someone, so other people thought he actually said Toi Krateroi, which means to Craterus, one of his generals, um, which is pretty funny. So other people thought he, was, he, he actually gave this ring to his personal bodyguard. Yeah. And so people thought his bodyguard should lead. And so mm. it was just super messy and... Uh, ended up splitting up the whole country, feuded and fought until it eventually uh, split up, and it weakened the whole country, the whole empire, and that's why they eventually were taken over by Rome. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah. There's our summary. There's cool. our summary. Now, uh, anything else, or we want to move on? I think let's move on. Okay. Let's go on to uh, some cool quotes. Quotes, quotes, quotes. I don't have very many. All right, I got a few. Okay, you go first. I'll go first. Um, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I am afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. That's pretty dope. So did he consider himself the lion and was leading a bunch of sheep? It's kind of a slap in the face to his army. but Interesting. But the fact that he won so many battles when he, had, when he was way outnumbered kind of you know, could have yeah. could have fed into that where like he's the lion. Like I don't care who my army is, I'm gonna beat you because I'm the great leader. Yeah, sure. I got one. Um, it says a tomb now suffices him, uh, for whom the world was not enough. Is that so, Alexander said that? No, no, this was or it was said Alexander. about Alexander. Yeah, hmm. but after he died. But okay, yeah, you go. Um, I am indebted to my father for living, but to my teacher for living well. That was my next one. Sorry. That was good. So he's talking about... <laughs> talking about Aristotle, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, you got another one? Yeah. There's nothing impossible to him who will try. Nice. I mean, pretty generic and boring. But in- inspiring. But cool. But it's also Nothing's like... impossible. You can take over the whole world. I mean, didn't like Spider-Man say that? As long Spider-Man as your army doesn't turn that. around on me. Uh, that's a little cliche. Okay, you no, go. Spider-Man said... Oh, whatever. <laughs> Remember upon the conduct of each... Depends the fate of all. Interesting. So the individual is what 
will yeah. affect the masses. Yeah. Well, yeah, each person needs to do their part. Cool. Um, he said uh, while he was about to die, I'm dying from the treatment of too many physicians. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah. Um, I wrote down this last one. I'm not sure I wrote it down right, though. Uh, for my own part, I would rather have knowledge... of the highest secrets of philosophy than in arms. So something about, sorry, something about uh, prizing philosophy and knowledge more than conquest. Interesting. Seems like the opposite. Yeah. All right. Seems like you kind of went the other way on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got any more? No, that's it. All right, let's go to fun stories. All right. First one, he was a head of chromia, which means he had two different color eyes. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, they actually think that. it was uh, blue and brown, huh. which is a pretty weird one. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, you go. What's that called again? Heterochro- heterochromia. Heterochromia. Yeah. yeah. Um, did I mention this already? His mother had a dream. No, I didn't. His mother had a dream the night before consummating his mar- their marriage, um, his parents, Yeah. that uh, her womb was struck by lightning, which... Uh, um, the story, the legend then is that maybe Zeus was his real father. Ooh. Impregnated sure. his mother. Yeah. And uh, made that half God, half Totally man. plausible. Yeah. Okay. Um, another cool story, this is actually about Caesar. Uh, Caesar, when he was, I think, uh, like 28 or something, um, he entered the Temple of Hercules and he saw a statue of Alexander the Great who had died more than two centuries earlier while still in his 30s. And Caesar was now about the same age, okay, so I guess he was in his 30s, and lamented that he himself had done nothing noteworthy at, at an age when Alexander had already conquered all the lands from Greece to India hmm. and he left the temple in despair. Hmm. So kind of cool. Uh, he actually, uh, well, I'll talk about this in a, in a second, but yeah, he was very revered, Alexander the Great, for years. I mean, even still today, but their leaders, like Caesar, um, that followed so some of the greatest men ever looked back at Alexander as a as a role model. Yeah, that's cool. Um, when Alexander was 10, a trader, uh, that's somebody who trades, not like somebody who is a trader. Anyway, a trader tried to sell um, Alexander's father, Philip, a horse that would not let any man ride him. So his horse was named Bucephalus, right? or this horse was named Bucephalus, which means ox head. So he's just really stubborn. Nobody could ride him. Um, Alexander, though, so he's just this young 10-year-old kid, perceived that the horse was afraid of his own shadow. And that's why he was he wouldn't let anybody ride him. He was just, like, too wild. Um, so he, he turned him around, like, so he wouldn't see his shadow anymore. And uh, he was able to mount and ride the horse. Awesome. And so then his father ends up buying the horse and gifting it to Alexander. The horse yeah. then was was with Alexander through all of his conquests up through the time uh, up until uh, a battle in India, what's now present-day India, when uh, the horse was killed. But pretty much through the rest of Alexander's life, they were together. That's so cool. I wish I could have a horse. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> yeah, just just like, like you, you're a kid, your trusty steed. He's a kid, a baby horse, you know, and you like, grow up together, <coughs> and you have each other's back, but you're like different creatures. I don't know. Yeah. That's like such a cool team. That's combo. cool. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a cool story. I was, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
So he once there was this uh, knot called the Gordian knot. Gordian knot. And yeah. this was this crazy knot, and the, the the legend was that if someone could untie it, they could take over the world, home of Persia, whatever. Just they could take over everything. And this legend uh, got to <coughs> Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. And so he actually went on this huge detour with his army way out of the way to go check out this knot. And he gets there, and uh, presumably he, he was kind of worried. He looked at the knot, and it was un. Untieable, like you could not undo this knot. Ununtieable, ununtieable, and it was kind of like, you know what I mean? Like December first, try and put up those Christmas lights. At least in my house, <laughs> you're not untying those Christmas lights. But even worse, apparently, and he uh, sitting there, his whole army's watching, right? Yeah. And he takes out his sword, and he cuts the knot, <laughs> and everyone's like, like you dumbfounded. They're just like, you cheated. That's you can't not do that. you can't do that. <laughs> And then he says, in this moment of brilliance, he raises up his sword and says, with this sword, I cut that knot, and with this sword, I will take over the world. And then everyone, they say, you know, starts cheering and chanting. So in a tight spot, he kind of gets out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was kind of... <laughs> and he was. I mean, he made good on it on that, on that prophecy, too. Yeah, he did good. So um, we mentioned Alexander and his best friend, Hephaestion, uh, and... Side note, they became friends while being tutored by Aristotle. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, they were inspired by... So they would have learned... Uh, while they were learning from Aristotle, they would have uh, been introduced to the stories of, of Achilles and Patroclus, um, the writings of Homer. And uh, so they were inspired and admired that duo. And so they can, for the rest of their lives, they kind of considered them... So they wanted to be like them. So. Cool. Alexander was Achilles, and uh, Hephaestion was was uh, Patroclus, and it was poetic, kind of because um, uh, Hephaestion ended up dying first, just like Patroclus died before Achilles, and then uh, Achilles had a great funeral for Patroclus. Alexander did the same for his his friend Hephaestion, or at least planned one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Alexander died shortly thereafter, just like. And another fun story is, you know, they think he possibly was poisoned. Yeah. He was sick for about 10 days, which makes people uh, kind of throw out the idea of poison. But right. modern-day scientists have actually found certain types of poison that would exhibit similar symptoms that would last that long and eventually kill him. Yeah. And, but another one was just some type of sickness and then malaria, which is uh, kind of ironic or poetic that the greatest man in the world at that time, most powerful man, could be killed by a mosquito. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because they went all the way to India, that yeah. swampland and everything, monsoon season, and there were totally tons different. of bugs and yeah. stuff. So, uh, Another fun story. So for 600 years after Alexander died, his tomb was a pilgrimage for people all over the world. Hmm. And In uh, Alexandria in Egypt, right? Yeah. That's where his tomb was. So Mark Antony, Julius Caesar, Octavian, all visited when it was in Alexandria. Um, and by the 14th century A.D., so six, seven hundred years later, uh, the tomb disappeared. We don't know where it is today. Mm. Kind of sad, huh? But there seems like to be this common thing where geniuses reach through time and connect with each other. Like uh, when we talked about uh, Bill Gates buying those papers, those notebooks by Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. You know? And now we have, uh, I mean, there's Alexander, Alex, Alexander looking back, I mean, like, probably on folklore with Hercules and Pericles, you yeah. know? Um, and you mentioned, he, like, Caesar looking back on Caesar looking back Alexander on him, and, you know, and, and, and visiting their graves. There's there's even an eerie photo. We can talk about this when we go over this person with Hitler. Mm. Um, and uh, what grade is that at? It's, uh, 
Oh man, I'm so embarrassed. Check. I'll, I'll update the comments. I'll show you this photo. Um, but uh, anyways, so his, his it's kind of sad that his his tomb has disappeared. But yeah. Okay. <coughs> Let's do one or two more. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Let me see if I got anything else. Oh, another fun story. Um, was that he was a little bit of a I don't know if drama king drama queen is the right word, but um, dressed really nice uh, and he uh, um, he dyed his hair with saffron to make it look bright and shiny. Huh. And uh, just to put it in perspective, Pretty saffron annoying. was and still is more expensive than gold. So he wow. was kind of like a prima donna. I mean, dressed really nice, <coughs> um, maybe a little bit femmy. But also was super tough, like did not take crap, you know. Yeah. Kind of interesting personality. Uh, last one on his journey throughout. Uh, well, interesting enough, Alex, uh, Aristotle became his tutor. One theory is that his Philip, Alexander the Great's dad, made Aristotle become the tutor, and in return, he would free Aristotle's homeland, which had been taken over by Philip. Yeah, so he'd kind of reinstate, that's what I heard too, yeah. so he, his payment for tutoring his kid was to reinstate his homeland and repopulate it. Uh-huh. And what's interesting is that Aristotle, um, Alexander was said to have sent specimens back to Aristotle throughout his whole journey for Aristotle to study. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, but uh, one theory as well, there's a lot of theories here, and they're just that, they're just theories, so just take it for what it's worth, but another theory was that Aristotle actually had a hand in Alexander's death. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what the motive would be. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but after he was, after immediately after he was killed, he was thought as a tyrant, huh. a merciless tyrant, right? Who had just taken over and killed everything. It's, yeah. And let's let's actually take that momentum and go into the last part of our of our podcast, which is his greatness and why he was great. Why don't you start? Um, well, the obvious thing would be um, his ability to conquer, his his desire and adventurous spirit to go to the end of the world and conquer everything. Okay, um, sure. So the fact that he was able to do so with lesser numbers than most of the armies that he fought um, showed his courage, his, his willingness to, <coughs> excuse me, to go into battle, even though the odds might be against him. Um, he didn't care. He just he knew what he wanted and he went for it with all that he had. I like it. So that's a, that's 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 one part of it. I, I mean, saying. I think um, obviously he's. I think every one of these geniuses so far has been a little lucky, mm-hmm. right? And, and that can be circumstances that happened in their life or God given gifts that were bestowed upon them. Him being born into royal, uh, royalty, <coughs> yeah, pretty lucky. Um, I think uh, I like what you said about his creativity. I mean, his uh, his adventure spirit. Adventure spirit. I think he was a dreamer. You know, I mm-hmm. think he had that. I think he loved the stories of the Iliad. He yeah. loved the fantastical things, the uh, the fiction, and uh, I think that inspired him to be great. I also, also, yeah, I think he was a military genius. Um, what he did, his tactics, what you mentioned, his strategy. Um, obviously, he took over. Not just uh, the most powerful country in the world at the time, but the almost the known world. You know right. everything they knew, and so he was a a, uh, a genius tactician, and yeah. And he would have gone on further into the unknown. Yeah, he would keep but going. His, his army didn't want to go. Yeah, but so so he just wanted to keep on going. I think that's it. I think Alexander the Great was great. Uh, but one thing that's interesting uh, is that what I was saying earlier about him being a tyrant because 
I mean, one person will do eventually uh, is Adolf Hitler. And I think, you know, obviously he's, he's the devil. We hate him. He, you know, all these negative things. He's a very, very bad human being. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, his, his perceptions and, and opinions on different races and which were better than others. Right. But he took over places, right? And you look back at time and, and when people took over things, and if they successfully do it, they just change history, and they are heroes. Mm. And they, they, they brought everyone together. But at the time, they're taking over people who don't want to be taken over. Right. So it's really interesting as we analyze generals like Alexander the Great because what people thought of him as was a merciless tyrant. People didn't want to be taken over. But then we look back and he spread the Hellenistic culture, the, the Greece culture, and everything that came with it across the world, right? Like he did these amazing things, but at the time, if it, he, you could see it from another lens as him being a bully, a bad guy, yeah. you know? But now he wins, he's undefeated, and... He, after he dies, we mourn him. We remember the good things. They, they alter history or whatever, and now he's looked on for all these great things he did. But it's also interesting to think just from some, for the majority of people in the world at the time, he wasn't a great man. Right. But I don't think great man always needs to be tied to morality. I think you can be great for your morality, um, but I think uh, you can do great, outstanding things that influence the world while being immoral and and being a bully. And I think he kind of fits into that category, which is a little bit unique. You know, what he did, what he did was take over people, kill hundreds of thousands of people, and take over lands. That's what he did. He, he spread Greek culture, but then he also tried to combine that with Persian culture. Because he, he tried to, like, he married a Persian woman. Yeah. He encouraged his men to marry Persian women. And he wanted to preserve that culture and really be the king of Persia, not just the king of Greece and take over Persia. It is true. It was, he, was, he was trying to preserve their culture. He wasn't trying to just overtake it and blot it out. And, yeah. You know. Okay, sure. So, so that's a good thing. And one other thing I thought of, just to wrap up, is is that he was he was pretty well-rounded. He cared about, um, you know, obviously keeping in touch with Aristotle, and, and he cared about things other than just war. Um, if he had lived longer, he may have um, done more to become a great man of of academics or whatever or of learning yeah. if if sure. if he had lived longer so um so he was pretty well rounded in that way I think. okay i like it well that's all we got for alexander the great today subscribe now and we will send you everything all the contents of brett's wallet um you got 24 hours <laughs> uh like share friend we just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor over at nike uh thanks nike you just do it just do it And that's all we got. Later, guys. Sounds good. Catch us next week for an exciting episode.